Bit of a special wine and wisdom for us today, guys. We're here with a couple of recruits that have just come out of the Wisebury training course that everyone has to do before they can get a job in our wonderful network. Mm. Chris and I are about to ask some uh, deep questions. We've managed to avoid TL for half an hour, so let's rip in and see how we <laughs> go. Kicked him out of the room. Good afternoon, guys. How are we? Hey, good, good. Yourself? Good. Yeah, so we've good. got excellent. We've got Lockie, right, and Georgia. Yes. And. Uh, the big Mr. C, Cameron's sitting next to me as well. I'm just here for my looks, mate. Yeah, you're in trouble, champion. Um, so you just finished a recruit training course? Yep. Yes, we Fresh have. Fresh finished. Wow. All right. Exciting times, yeah? Very, very. Before we get started on sort of what you've just learned, we might get you to tell us a bit about yourselves, like your background. And ladies first. Go ahead, yeah, George. Just give us a... Yeah, so I've just moved to Australia from England, actually. I moved here in January, so this is all really new wow. to me. Um, I do have eight years of real estate experience in the UK. Wow. Um, but Australia was a very different system. So yep. I'm adjusting to um, a different type of real estate. Um, but yeah, I live in Bronte. Um, so I commute to the hills every day. Um, yeah, really enjoying it. Okay. So when you say different type of real estate, were you doing commercial or just real estate, the, the format that we use is a lot different to what you used to do in England? Yeah, no, I was doing residential sales, but the format is very, very different. The process, um, the responsibility that a real estate agent has out here is very different to the UK. Okay. Um, more or less. More responsibility? More responsibility? More. Here, more. more responsibility? Yeah. Oh, so wow. you deal with um, exchanges, signing of contracts, whereas in England, it's the solicitor's do that do lot. as soon as an offer is accepted it's handed over to the solicitors okay so there's a lot more responsibility okay. here well wow. probably explains why purple bricks are so popular over there because yeah. the agents don't have to do much yeah well they are yeah yeah, they yeah deposit they'd, takers they didn't make it over here no i heard they're, they're quite successful in england yeah. actually. yeah well that probably makes sense because over the model of absolutely sell it yourself and yeah the really agents do less so yeah. um it it does make sense, but okay. you know, I still think a traditional estate agent is better. So then this is your first step back into real estate in Oz, yeah? It in is, Australia? Yeah. And you've managed to land pre-COVID. Yeah. So you were locked down and you go, I'm going to make a go of this. And then you applied for a few jobs? You applied yeah, for so I was super lucky because I spent about three months of travelling first to decide where I wanted to settle. Yep. Um, decided on Sydney. Then as I decided on Sydney, the pandemic hit and everything went into lockdown. So right. I was nervous that I wasn't going to be able to find a job. Um, I was looking at real estate roles. I applied for quite a few. And interestingly enough, actually, quite a few places were hiring at the time. Um, I was living in Castle Hill with family and I met Scott and I just thought straight away I want to work for him because yep. he's so positive and yeah so I started at the end of April um I was office based which I was lucky to be when everything because there was only a few people in yep. the office so we could do that um and yes yeah, so I've been working at Wisebury for two months now okay so you've been with and, and so you've been with us eight weeks and now you have thrown into the recruit training course yes all right we'll pause there we'll come back to that in a minute lucky perfect okay. I've been Again? told you're better than Darren Butcher, mate. So. Oh, I wish, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty to go. Better looking at least anyway. Yeah, us, so. us Coasties have got to stick together, mate. Yeah, Don't worry about it. Sydney types. Yeah, I, think, I think so. You and me, we got this. Yeah, definitely. Talk to us. So um, I just turned 21 and um, I've been working for Wisebury a little bit. It's coming up on a year now. 
And um, so fresh out of school, I was doing a bit of trades work and uh, doing a bit of carpentry mm-hmm. and um, also working uh, with my family business and they have a, a Italian restaurant, Hungry Wolves, you might be familiar with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so in and out of the kitchen. I don't eat pizza, mate. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> it doesn't eat it, it devours it. <laughs> oh, I, I, eat, I eat plenty. Sometimes <laughs> I chew. No, it's good But yeah, in between Just being in and out of the kitchen And um, doing trades work Because I I graduated high school In about 2016 And I was a bit unsure About what I was doing And I was going to go to uni And then I realised that um, You know, a lot of people After they go to uni Sometimes they don't always get a job Or they're not that happy And um, I had a family friend actually That um, worked in real estate He worked for McGraw at the time Yeah And um, and I always seen him He'd always come to family functions He'd he'd be doing so well for himself And I said, that's what I want to do. Like he looks like he's having fun, and most of all, he looks like he's happy. Yeah. So I um I knew a few boys in the industry, and I knew of um, Toby Butcher and Thomas Fife that work yeah. um, in our office, and they I went to a presentation day, uh, information night. Sorry, to yeah. start. And awesome. and I, me, and a friend were who works there now, who's the benchy still, Josh. We were the only ones that wore suits to the info night and then it just made us look really good we stayed till the end and from there we got an interview and, and funny enough josh and i used to work at the exact same place uh, previously where we used to work at a, a chemical company and um, that's why it's good now we work together in, in wisebury oh right, awesome yeah, yeah cool so you're working for the gold standard up there yeah yeah Kurt Bratby and uh and kim burke and, that's uh, good yeah, stuff so that's good it's not a bad start in real estate. Yeah, yeah two yeah. good leaders there, mate, which yeah. is good. That's good. Yeah, and 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 also with Scott too, um, Georgia. So Scott's a good egg as well. He's a like Mr. Positivity, and yeah, he's a great. tough egg, but I've never met tough, somebody so positive in my life. Great, you you you're under great people, guys, which is fantastic, yeah. and it's good that you've come into the Wisebury franchise. So, so I shoot back to you, Georgia. Yeah. What did you get out of this? What do you feel you got out of this last three days? I have to admit. Before I came to the recruit training I was a little I was thinking you know what am I going to be taught that I don't already know because I've been doing it for quite a while and I did I was a little bit um negative about it I would say a little bit and then on the first day I thought I left and I thought you know what I actually learned so much today and there's so many aspects of it that Thomas taught us that I thought wow that's a really good way to win business that's a really good way to close and just the attitude in general um teaching us how to approach it, which I don't think I'd ever been taught before. Um, I found it really interesting. Do you have anyone in your ear telling you to worry about Thomas? Or uh, I've heard he was scary. <laughs> 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 and I was told, do not be late, whatever you do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> what about you, Lockheed? What was the talk up there before you come down? Obviously, having a year in the in the network, you had a, r- a rough idea, but yeah. were they trying to... Uh, Fear got India, yeah, or? definitely. But um, you know, Thomas is really down to earth, and he, he says things how it is. I think that at the moment with COVID, what I learned, um, especially coming out of the training course, is that it goes beyond real estate at the moment, especially with everything that is going on. And I learned that um, you know, it's just not all about real estate at the moment. Mm-hmm. You can bring in life factors, and uh, yeah, he's pulled a lot out of me that I didn't even know I had in me, yeah. which was good. And I think that um, I was nervous on the day, on the first day, and then I was just keen to learn. How was the room when you got there? Obviously, Chris and I have both spent sent many a new recruit yeah. down to the course, and uh, from my end, I always try not to scare people and just let them find out. Yeah, um, because you can That's sometimes ruin people before you get in there. Yeah. Um, so standing at the front, or you you would have walked into the room and been sitting there waiting for. Um, the big man to come in. Yeah, well, that what was the mood in the room? How was how was it? Uh, good, tense, I think. Just it was okay. Yeah, it was all right. yeah. 
I mean, I think it was um, laid out differently than it normally would be because yeah. obviously yes. it was um, the social distancing <laughs> and everything else. Um, but no, it's a pretty good vibe in the room. Yeah, would you say? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. to give you an idea, that room next door here is the room that would have usually be held at. Yeah, okay. So it's smaller then? It much, yeah. it's probably half the size yeah. of where you were. So yeah. to have that volume of people, he needed to spread that space out, and that's what it was. It's a little bit disjointed, but still a lot of room for everyone to hide and yeah. do a little bit of role plays. Yeah. Which was good, which yeah. is good. How long did it take for you to realise you weren't at a normal uh, training session? Half an hour was different. It was no training that You would have experienced Thomas before though, like yeah. you, right? Yeah. Up yeah. at the head, up at Heritage yeah. and yeah. so forth and training. So you would have had a fairly good idea on what he was like and the sort yeah. of training and so forth. Um, at, and you've been there for a year yeah. almost. Yeah, just, just about a year now. Did yeah. you get, Georgia, did you get any training prior to this few days with uh, the team at Borkham Hills or? You did some training with the team? Yeah, yeah. So Scott does training most mornings. So okay. we have maybe an hour of training every day. Good. Um, so I guess in that training, I learned um, with Scott, I learned the basics of what they do, the processes, everything else. But with Thomas, it was quite, quite a different way of training and type of training um, because it was more so about the dynamics okay. of it. And as um, Lockie said, bringing in more factors than just real estate and the processes. So, okay, the dynamics, let's let's dig that into that a little bit deeper. So obviously- Can you, you speak said, English, mate? I try to. Um, <laughs> let's dig a little bit deeper into that process. <laughs> there you go, you like Thank that you one, buddy. mate? We're back. Um, you said it was eight years, bef yeah. uh, eight years back home in England mm -hmm. uh, of real estate experience. Yeah. What is it that you've got out of this? What dynamic do you feel now is so much different than you had previously? So when I started in real estate, in England there isn't any um, specific licenses, certificates or anything like that that you have to do. Wow. It's a very different profession in England and I feel like in Australia real estate agents are a lot more respected, for sure. Um, I guess because you have to have the relevant qualifications and everything else, it is just a um, more respected profession in general. But um, in England when I started, I'd never done it before and you're literally thrown into the deep end. So you start showing properties straight away, you start doing listing presentations within about six months. Um, so you have the basic training, but nothing in depth like I had over the past three days. Okay. So That's probably the go in majority of the offices in Australia though, that they don't have a qualification process to get a job within yeah. an office. No. Most of them have that three, that, you know, that certificate they do at the requirement of the Department of Fair Trading, yeah. um, which is your licensing. Um, but apart from that, most officers go, here's a desk and a phone, yeah. go for your life. Yeah. So Wisebury obviously is going to help you set up the process that you've gone through in the last few days. Yeah. And um, you've got to pass obviously now a practical exam yeah. Yeah. and then a theoretical exam. Yeah. Yeah. How are you feeling towards that? Uh, Lockie, are you confident? Because you've seen a lot of it with uh, obviously working with Team Kurt and yeah, Kim. Yeah. and. Good, good. I, um, I was a little bit nervous, but you know those three days really helped. And, you know, going through just the content and um, everything with the team and just doing the role plays helped a lot. And, yeah, I think at Heritage we trained quite a bit. So I'm pretty confident just going to spend all the time I can up until the day of the date and go so from there. The majority of people from day one to day three have, have quite a transformation. I yeah. know, and Thomas will tell you, day one he didn't like me at all. <laughs> he still doesn't. He still doesn't <laughs> like me. He still doesn't like me at all. And by day three, he was fifty-fifty on whether yeah. I could do it or not. But um, in yourselves, what have you found? Is has there been a change over the three days? I mean, I, I had a guy in the course, and at the end of day one, he was a little bit still nervous. The end of day two, he was pumped. And what what have you found out about yourselves over the last three days that you didn't know was in there previous? 
I actually felt so pumped after the first day. Yeah. I got home and told my housemates. I was like, I had a really great day and I never enjoyed training. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, but what I've learned about Where did myself, that come from? Um, I guess because it wasn't um, restricted to talking about processes. It was more so learning about things that we hadn't learned before. Personality types and interesting mm. things. Yeah. What about you, brother? Um, probably just being able to, to read people a lot more and, and especially confidence as well, you know, performing in front of the room and, and, you know, Thomas jumping me up as well just to, you know, bring up my skills I think is I've learned a lot. And, you know, I stayed down the road as well, so I had the whole hotel to myself for th- two nights. Nice. So I was just practising in the mirror and FaceTiming, you know, the leaders back home. And, um, no invite, yeah. mate. Brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, yeah, Open good. bar, Darren Spill. <laughs> yeah, did yeah, Butch pay? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> Damn it, next time. <laughs> 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 could have I think as well, because what we learnt was stuff that you can implement into day-to-day life as well as just real estate. Yeah, That's right. why it was interesting as well. So you so probably... reading people and all of that. Yeah. So yeah. everything is sales, right? Yeah. yeah. And just being able to bounce off people with different levels like we had um, Adrian in there who's been in real estate for a long time and um, you know a few of the managers as well and new recruits it's all type of levels but all being able to understand each other on the same level mm-hmm. that's what I think I got out of it the most yeah brilliant um questions Chris oh I've got lots of questions Go for it, mate. so do you feel that at the end of this three days you've said you at first day you were pumped and so forth do you think Coming to you more, Georgia, mm-hmm. eight years ago, if yeah. you had this training back then, do you think you would have probably blitzed your composition, uh, uh, competition, not composition, your competition? Shut up. We haven't been drinking yet, right? <laughs> I can't talk if I haven't had wine. <laughs> do you think you would have blitzed your competition if you had this training when you first started eight years ago? I definitely think so because um, I think over time, meeting different types of people, you kind of um, are able to gauge people and you are able to um, – learn from that so over time you do get better but I would have been much better from the start if I had done this and also even after eight years I don't think I necessarily or I definitely didn't know the different types of personalities or how to adapt to them so obviously I would change my approach depending on who I'm dealing with but there wasn't a specific way that I would read that so you're well beaters clearly you're going to pass the theory test and you're going to pass the practical test yeah Confident? Paperwork scares me. I think it scares <laughs> yeah. all salespeople. How confident are you now then that as soon as you leave and pass that test, you're going to be able to walk into someone's front door and list their house? I've got the be- one of the best trainers, Thomas. So yeah, I'm dying you to get <laughs> You realise he's not in the room. Yeah. This is meant to be an oh, yeah, we session. We should have stated that at the beginning. Thomas isn't in the room, people. Yeah, 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 so. so. They didn't so make me say that. <laughs> <laughs> we should have warned them. What was your though? Yeah, no. Yeah. All right. So, practical exam finishes. Thomas passes you or fails you. You got to go back to um, the real world, back into your office. How has life changed for you, and what what are you expecting when you get back there now, armed with the knowledge that you've gotten? Because I know Thomas's standards. We're all been. Subject to him, and he wants eight listings in your first month. So, when you get back there, what are we doing differently to when you came in? Because you both had time in the office before you got here. A lot of the guys haven't; they're, yeah. they're, they're fresh off the street. So, what's changed? Probably just gone back to the basics. And as Thomas said, you know, the door knocking, the the phone calls, if they they get the results. And at the end of the day, you do fifty calls, and um, the results will follow. And just mainly be yourself, mainly. And um, you know, it'll be good having a better understanding of everything. Before the training, I, I always heard about the kid and I use the kid, I don't use the kid. So it's, it's always good knowing that it's there and, you know, we can bring parts into it and um, yeah, really get a better understanding of how it works, mm-hmm. which is good. 
Yeah, I think focusing on numbers more, for sure. So it is a numbers game. So the more prospecting you do, the more appointments you'll get inevitably, and then will come the sales. So focusing on numbers and the goals that you have and how you're going to achieve those goals by doing those numbers. Mm. And just a bit more structure to listing appointments, I think, following... Um, the scripts and making sure that everything's covered to give me the best ability to win that listing. I can tell you that I've been trying to prove the system wrong since I started working. <laughs> <laughs> I have been trying to prove the system wrong and yes. I, haven't, I haven't been able to yet. So, you know, as far as an advice and a, and a word of warning, there will be people in your offices who will... That's you're going to come out, they're all fired up and you're going to have all the knowledge and you, you now know everything you need to know to go and list and sell as many properties as you want. There's going to be people in the office who tell you different and that's just the way of life because they're trying to bring you to their level or trying to sway you to their way of thinking. It's on you guys now and your attitude and your mindset to block out the noise and just do what you've been trained to do until you can prove it wrong. Negativity or misery enjoys company. Well, it won't come across as negativity or misery. There'll just be people, ah, mate, don't worry about the kit. This is what we do. Yeah. To follow it. It makes sense. Don't don't let people steal your time. I didn't miss a listing for 18 months. I started at 33, yeah. so I was a bit older, but I was, as you can tell, I was a personal trainer before I uh, yeah. started in real estate and it took 18 training months. training sumos. Yeah. All I did was the kit word for word, 150 prospecting calls a day. Sounds horrendous, but depends on your goals in life. Yeah. Kit word for word, people list with you. Yeah. So, yeah, as a, as a cautionary tale, ignore the noise because everyone's going to tell you there's a different way, but... My challenge is do the system and prove it wrong. If you do the system step for step for the next month and don't get your eight listings, ring Thomas and say, you're wrong, mate. Bet you won't. <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, <definitely. laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> so did you, notice, did you notice in the room how some people picked it up quicker than others and some people were struggling with the scripts? Did you yeah, notice yeah, that? Yeah. Do you think that the effort that you've put in has been for want of a better word, um, a higher amount of effort that you've put in than these other people or you're wanting it more? Why do you think that maybe is? That some people are learning a little bit faster than others? Because you guys, I was there today and I saw you both doing it, uh, come across very well for both of you. Why do you think some people struggled and maybe you guys took it to it a little bit better? Um, It's probably just all based on sort of experience and how hungry you are, I guess. um, So you wanted it more? Yeah, I guess, yeah. Right. But um, but at the end of the day, I did see change in everyone. I think that you know everyone yeah. I had to partner with good. by the end of the third day, it was, it was good to see. Good, you know, and it's um, you know motivated me as well. Georgia, you're along the same lines, or yeah, no, I definitely think it depends on how hungry you are and how much you study afterwards. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, but I do think that some people um can be naturally um natural salespeople, and some yep. people perhaps need to work at it a little bit more to find their approach okay um and what do you think the biggest thing majority of people got out of it apart from the scripts and the dialogues and the training what do you think you saw the biggest changes in people okay so their own confidence yeah okay there was one guy wasn't there in our um training course who on the first day he was super nervous and yeah. didn't like Jamie, standing up yeah. doing role play and by the end he was loving it yeah. and right. he, was, he was just radiating confidence bouncing off thomas and you know everyone else in the room so yeah it was, it was really nice to see oh uh, wonderful mm. And it's good that now you guys can see that and so take that out into your own offices and yeah. so forth and, and sort of change people when they need to um, or, you know, step away from people when you need to, Yeah, um, which is fantastic. Okay. So leaving here, what, what 
do you guys plan to do? I think sort of Cam touched on it before. What are you leaving? So you got from now until when you when you sit in the test Monday? Uh, Wednesday. 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 No, that's the practical. Nah, oh, yeah. You've got to get Monday's through the theory, theory first. Monday. Monday's theory. So between now and Monday, what's the plan? Study and train. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. what's what study look like? Probably just role playing with myself, going through the, everything we've touched on, and um, yeah, just doing a lot of playing in the mirror. I'd say okay. <laughs> there's a lot of content to digest yeah, for sure because. Um, Thomas ran through which parts of the um, book we would be tested on and the questions we would be asked, which is helpful. So we know what to study. Yeah. Um, but it is a lot to digest. So read and read and read, I guess. Okay. Okay. Cam, did you, when you obviously did the course and you failed the first 10 times. Um, <laughs> no, so what, what was your was study? Done in 12 minutes. What was your study? Because I, I, my, I did my course 10, 11 years ago. Okay. Yeah. Right. So you did yours, what, three or four years ago? Yeah. I think it was. So. What was your study? What was your study? You left here before your theory exam. What was your study? What did you do, mate? I The way I learn is to commit stuff to memory, I've just got to repeat it a thousand times. So I will read the same line, exactly the same. Thomas told us what we're going to be tested on. So the, the, the test is can you study and can you retain information? So it was three days of just over and over and over again, word for word, and I'm, I'm lucky to have a brain that where sometimes some of it sticks. <laughs> <laughs> and as long as I held on to it till the Monday and it all came out on a bit of paper, you guys get to do it online now. We yeah. had, to, I had to write it on a bit of paper. but yeah. um, I think that was – I think that online become – sorry, mate. I think that online become – because we had one guy do it, the test where Thomas couldn't really – just to bearably read, read, writing. read the guy's yeah. writings. I guess I think I need to convert it to online. And then I think the practical – we had – I was lucky – um, we had four or five um, in the course from Coastal or trying to go to Coastal right. at the time. So we all got together for once or twice. I can't remember whether it was once or twice right. and did the role plays together. We formed a bit of a bond over that. And yeah. uh, come game day, it was it was on for young and old. Yeah. Some, some, even though, you, I mean, pride and preparation prevents a piss poor performance. Right. But um that, that room in there with, with TL will do funny things to you. It does. <laughs> and it's scary, uh, right? Yeah. No, no, look, guys. You, I, can't, yeah. you can't have that mindset. You can't. You're about to embark on a career where if fear is something that stops you, you're stuffed before you start. Yeah. All right. We're here, and Thomas is there to make sure that as soon as you leave the room, you can go out and list and sell property. Okay. That isn't something to be scared of. The only reason you'll go in there scared is if you haven't put the work in before. Because then the right words won't come out of your mouth. Right. If you repeat it enough and, and you've got from now until Wednesday for the practical stuff, if you are training for a couple of hours a day every day over that time, you're going to go in there and you're going to be the best version of you you can be. And that's not something to be scared of. Now, let's say, let's look at it this way then. What's the worst thing that can happen? You fail. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. But then what, what happens if you fail? And it's. It fails. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then. Path. And then less money. Will you still <laughs> will you still will you still be breathing? Yes. Yeah. Will you still have two arms and two legs? Yeah. Yes. So Definitely. what are we what are we where's the fear come from? Yeah. All right. And just keep that's what's the acronym that you give? Fence, false evidence. Emphasized events appearing real. You need to listen oh. to more podcasts. So the one I thought was false evidence <laughs> appearing real. But scared anyway. of something that hasn't happened yet. It's yeah. a bit silly. And then if the worst thing that can happen is you're still alive and you've still got two arms and two legs. It happened. And look, it happens, guys. And I can tell you now that it's not the be and all and end all. You will, you may get straight stage fright. And true story. <laughs> to stage fright. <laughs> yeah, all right. Keep it clean. True, true story. Um, back then, Thomas had a couple other trainers. I was doing my 
practical exam and he said to give me whatever speech it was and I had an absolute mental blank. A- absolute mental blank. Could, couldn't remember my own name, I don't think. <laughs> and he just said, take it easy. Think, and he gave me one word and off I went. And, yeah. and I knew the script. Okay. And I knew the script because of the study I had to put in. But that was my own fear that created that mental yeah. blank. What I'm getting at, guys, if you do the study and you do the role plays and you, you pick someone, you've got a housemate, I'm sure you've, you've got Kurt and yeah. Kim and you've got an office full of people that give you their time as well as yourself, Georgia. You'll have, as long as you do that study, you'll be fine. Yeah. And Thomas told you today. He told you yeah, today. Watch it. Yeah. Not only that, but he told you what he wanted. He told you today, he said, guys, if you bugger up the lines, but you can sell, man, that's what I want. It's all about yeah. the he told you that out of his own lips today. Yeah. So those lines don't have to don't be pitch perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Don't have to be pitch perfect, but you need to know them, right? So you can put them and deliver them. Yeah. yeah? So no fear. Yeah. While we're here and while he's not in the room, have you got any questions for us? That's a good point. Did you work for any other brands before yeah. Wisebury? And if so, d- how did you find that Wisebury is different? I was actually a personal trainer. Why didn't you believe that story <laughs> I told you? <laughs> I owned a gym for 10 years before I answered a Wisebury ad. So I, d- I didn't even know what real estate was, mate, to be honest. I, um, Where do you work? I own the Carryong office and the okay. Barrera office. Okay. So I started working for the Gosford office, um, followed the process because that's all I knew. I guess I was lucky in a sense. I, I guess if I'd been doing real estate for eight years, it'd be hard to go, oh, I, I know it all already, So and just fall back into old bad habits. But I didn't have any bad habits because I'd never done real yeah. estate yeah. before. And he gave me this book and said, if you do this in the book, you'll be able to feed your family and buy a house and buy yeah. a car. So Basically. I went out and did what was in the book, and now I own two offices. So even though I hadn't worked for any other brands, um, obviously had worked around them and competed with them, and I never would have gone anywhere else mate we're here to be better people yeah and you would have picked that up over the three days the the philosophy at wise the philosophy for life needs to be just be a better person and that isn't held by other real estate franchises if any that's so nice to hear in real estate because you see so many agencies that don't practice that and like their day-to-day activities um so to actually have integrity and put first is quite important. The way I put different. it is you've got to be able to sleep at night yeah. and people forget. You know, I've yeah. got three kids and I've got a family and we've got you know, goals we want to achieve and then when it came time you know, that I wanted to do my own thing, I didn't even look for other agencies. Yeah. I didn't see what anyone else could offer because you just want to be around good people and being around good people in turn makes you a better person and the better person you are, the more houses you'll sell. So, yeah, yeah that that's my experience. I don't know about Chris O. Yeah, no, you're spot on, mate, spot on. Um, the unfortunate thing is real estate, some, you know, money. Did you work for any others, though? Oh, I'm going back there. No, well, I, I come out of the building industry. Sorry, man. Yeah, I was oh, going okay. in the same part. <laughs> yeah, I was in the building industry for 22 years, um, cement rendering, and uh, I was always very good at negotiating. Mates used to take me away to buy cars with them, and I become a sales manager of a cement rendering business and grew that business with the guys that I was working for at the time. And they closed the business down, and at that time I was selling my own home. And I said, you know what, I reckon I could do real estate because when I did buy my first home, I was dealing with all these rat bags that were, weren't very good at their job. Yeah. And uh, I said, you know what, it's time to step outside my comfort zone, made one phone call, got an interview, and I still work for the same guy today. That was 11 years ago, um, almost to the day actually. So, um, yeah, and I've only ever worked – sorry, when I say I've worked for another franchise, when I started working, we were Rain and Horn, but we were under Thomas's Synergy First office, which was we were trained – 
um, the training that you've just gone through, I had to go through to get my job as well. Oh, okay. So I had to do Opportunity Day. I had to come up here for an interview actually um, when I sat with one of Thomas's past trainers. I wasn't fortunate enough to be trained by Thomas in that three-day course. I was trained by three of his different trainers that he had back then, but I still had to pass the course, the practical and the theory and started the real estate um, uh, career with Rain and Horn, which within two years we flipped to the Wisebury brand. So started in 2009. In 2011, we at the beginning of 2011, we flipped to the Wisebury brand and I've been in the same office um, ever since um, Since then. so It says a lot, doesn't it? Because I think quite a lot of people that work, or definitely who I've met so far, have worked for Wisebury for a long time. And that's nice because there can be quite a lot of staff turnover in real estate, mm. but it seems yeah, that everybody's right. happy here. You will, I don't know if you find another network where you guys can pick up the phone at any time and ring me, Chris, any of the owners, any of the other leaders, any of the other managers, any of the other salespeople, and they're on the end of the phone to help you. And that's not yeah, that's not pissing in the wind. That actually happens. You know, I wasn't happy with my training at one point, mate, in my office, and I thought, who's the best in the network to ring? I rang Darren Butcher. Yeah. He'd never seen me, never met me, never, mate, I need your help. And yeah. we've been... He's been helping me ever since. So nice. the first thing you need to do as soon as you get out of here is find those people to be around and find a group of three or four or five where you can call yeah. on a regular basis. Awesome. One, to stay accountable. Two, if there's someone doing it better than you, find out what they're doing and, and you will 100% get the help here that um, may not be available elsewhere. The thing I would suggest to that, and Cam's spot on, is do it outside your office. Yep. Find those people outside your office because you might have an issue with Kurt and I don't blame you. no Kurt's a top bloke call someone outside the office yeah and just but call someone who's going to give you an honest opinion not say oh poor you poor you right it's going to give you honest feedback and saying you've been a dick yeah or you know you've got a legitimate issue why don't you go and have a chat approach it this way if you're having problems with your training and you feel you want extra training again what Cam said find someone who's doing what you want to do go and ask them how they're doing it in Abdullah's team there's um, Jason is it Jason yep he um, he, he got um, Benchy of the year this year, right? Yeah, he took the award off you. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a while to work that one out. Thanks, mate. Yeah. Um, mate, jump, jump, jump on the phone. Yeah. Speak to him yourself. If there's a, someone in the franchise doing something that you like, mm. give him a call, Georgia. Yeah. They will take the time to call you and speak yeah. to you. The worst thing you can do is ring people who are only going to give you a pat on the back. Yeah, yeah. that's it. The leaderboard's a good place it. to start. You know, we, I think we did a podcast on it. Where do you start trying to find the association? Unless until you're more familiar with the network, you start with the leaderboard and you'll find it's the same top five or ten people month in, month out. They must be doing something right. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Pick up the phone. Yeah. What about you, Lockie? Do you have any questions, mate? Um, no, none, none so far. That, uh, he knows it all. Yeah, no. He knows it all. <laughs> it's just good to see, you know, as Georgia said, you know, you see a lot of turnover in real estate and that was, um, I think that did scare me, but, you know, ever since I've joined Wise, we one big family. And that's something I really want to be a part of. Yeah. Turnover's on... It, that's on you. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, you, you've, you've been given now all the tools to make it. Yeah. Um, you keep what's between your ears switched on and pointing in the right direction and there's no high turnover in real estate for you. Only success. Thanks, guys. Thank you so Pleasure much. Thanks, you. Yeah, you too. Good luck, guys, and make sure you study. Yeah, we'll do. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. See you later. All right, boys, how did you go? How, how was that session with these yeah. two people? Two young champions coming through the ranks. Yeah. Go get us, mate. Yeah, beautiful young people. How did you find them? Yeah, excellent. Great attitudes. Absolutely fantastic attitudes. And so passionate. You can see their passion. They're chomping at the bit to get into it. 
a little bit scared about the unknown, obviously, about passing their exam and studying and so forth. But uh, That's why yeah. we did the session now, because um, while they're scared, at least they're going to say nice things about me. <laughs> I think um, <laughs> I got the impression they, they played it off a break, mate. They Normally when people come out of three days, they're um, worn out, and they're, they're a bit foggy in the brain because of all the information that they've had to... Um, yeah, good point. Absorb, but these guys were, were clear and fired up and uh, they obviously handled it well, mate. You didn't have a go, clearly. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I've mellowed, I've mellowed. <laughs> All right, uh, what wine are we having today? All right. This was one we were going to do last week. The thing I love about wine, one of the things I love about wine is that even though we're not allowed to go to Queensland at the moment for whatever stupid reason <laughs> and we're not allowed to fly out of the country but people still can fly into the country for whatever <laughs> stupid reason. When Whenever we you, you talked a couple of weeks ago, Thomas, about uh, an agent who needed to find her passion and her passion was travel and she needed to find that travel with her clients and with her vendors and you know, live vicariously through them in some sense. And I think we can do the same with wine to an extent. And there's, there's a beautiful wall at Dan Murphy's that starts <laughs> with local heroes and goes all the way to other world wines. And you've got yep. Spain and Portugal and the Americas and, and France in between. And you can go on a little journey. So I, uh, I'm i not much of a traveller, but I've gone I've gone to France for this week's uh, wine. Very Never good. been to France. Every time I think of it or, or, or think of the wine, I'm an avid watcher of the Tour de France when it's on. <laughs> I know what it is, man. I mean, bike riding's got to be one of the most boring sports on the planet to watch and to do. But yeah. watching those guys and what they achieve, but you see the landscapes, they ride through all the wineries. And uh, We've actually tasted this one before, Thomas, but I don't remember a thing about it because we'd already had a couple of bottles before we got there. <laughs> so this is the uh, DA Chardonnay from France. It's a reserve wine from... I'm not going to be able to pronounce any of it. But the Limo region in the south of France, it's at the bottom of the Pyrenean foothills. The whole area are obviously famous for their wine and where where uh, a lot of people started their wine adventures. So, Thomas, you know a lot more about France. Obviously, it's your, your native tongue and uh, the area. What can you tell us about the French wine region? <laughs> Bullshit, don't mate. Don't know. try and put Bullshit, it on I'll me. Pass it up. You were supposed to do the research, I did the research on your I can't wine, bro. Pronounce the words. So don't put it on me. That was very good selling. That's the almost number. a bit of a spin. That was it's good, like, wasn't it? hey, hey, rather than telling <laughs> everyone I did not do my job I and did. research my no, wine, look, let's spin it. Oh yeah, you Thomas, you know you actually with your blue eye and blonde hair. <laughs> Please tell us Nation a little bit about the South Mate, I'm gonna. Domain Astro. See, I'm not going to be able to pronounce any of it. I've got the research. I've got eight pages here. Just tell us. In what, French. what are they great at that, in that region? Famous for just about everything. They've got Chardonnays, Pinots, Shirazes, Grenache, Sav Blancs, Cab Savs, Pinot Noirs. They do just about everything in that region. These vines, they're saying, are about 20 years of age. but No, it's not uh, possible. got to be longer than that. That's what, As I was reading it, I thought, no, it can't be done. Took me a while to venture from the Hunter Valley wines, and then you, you introduced me to um, California Chardonnays, which yeah. were quite good. And then let's try France and see where we end up. Okay, yeah. let's try that. What year was it? This is a 2018, mm -hmm. and it's a reserve from Myras. Mer. Yeah, that's right. M A I R E S. Can we just open and drink some? Yeah, that'd be good, <laughs> man. Where would you put them? What kind of offices would you put them in? Wow, that's a good question, man. Mine. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm not sure. Hey, putting them on yours, you probably destroyed them. Oh, new. It's so predictable. Yeah. I, I think where they are are, are good positions. The offices they're they're working in are. Yeah. I think they're probably suited. Both were very well suited to the offices they're in. Cheers, boys. Um, Cheers. Let's try this. Shit, he's done well, mate. It's gonna be very Ooh, hard. That is real. Very good. hard to beat him this that way. That is really cool. Uh, I reckon it's gonna be very very hard. I had two weeks to think about it. Oh yeah, no, you, you let us down last week. Yeah. <laughs> you, we were in the trenches waiting for you, and you never turned up. Oh, the golden rule, mate. I yeah. put the business first. You're the kind of guy you don't want to have in the trench. Okay. You don't turn up. Or, or maybe you turn up on the Turk side. You want to go with him. He's like, oh, can't we be friends? Friends. I missed something there. You're picking on me and I missed it. I said, do you want you in the trenches? You'd just be trying to make friends with everybody. Oh, uh, unbelievable. Anyway, so. <laughs> Let's uh, go back to these two recruits here now. <laughs> this, is, this is something that I always dread. For three days, I take people who have never done the course. Some people have never done real estate. Three days, most of them say even they, the way they think about things have changed. And my greatest fear and pain is when they go back to their office. Not only they go back to their old self, but then they are sometimes get destroyed by the office. And one of the most important lines that I heard lately was that people become the environment they work in. Many, 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 many other offices and many other franchises out there are getting people or either won't hire anyone with no experience or are getting people with no experience and trying to do in five years what TL manages to do in three days and think, then we just piss it up against the wall. I think it's the realisation of what to do after that point. Yeah. I think I think the majority of them know that, that you can turn them into and you can find the champions within a bunch of recruits and weed out the ones that won't make it that need to be maybe packing shelves or not there's nothing wrong with packing shelves but another career. I think they the leaders know that you can do that. I think the point stands in, as you said, from the point they leave there and walk back into the office, the leader's realisation that how they're going to treat them moving forward to help them to achieve. Well, I think the first thing is understand the value of what you've just been given. Right, that's, right. that's what I was getting at. Those leaders need to work on themselves harder to improve others. But they won't until they realise it's got to start with understanding I've been given this. This can go out, be my golden goose and, and help me achieve all the goals I want in life. Don't fuck it up. I think the majority of leaders know that with a good new recruit. I think TL's not backwards in coming forwards with that and saying Yeah, but there's knowing it and understanding it because yeah. I'm sure if you understood it fully, you wouldn't act the way... So we do this, sometimes. So let's say let's say the leaders don't know that, and we're going to send a good recruit into a mediocre office. What is a process, or what is a something we can help them with? I mentioned to the two today that don't be scared to reach out and ask for help. Don't be scared to reach out beyond your office. It is a yeah. it is a good franchise where there is help out there beyond your office that people will give you their time. It's a simple phone call away. We said that right. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the main things is for them to be understand there is a support network beyond their doors, their suburb, and they, that's quite readily available to them all. I think another thing is, uh, and you probably already do this, is and I know you give feedback to the leaders that as they pass, and man, you've got a champion. You need to either let them swim or let them go and let them fly, yeah. or you know hold them back or just make sure you're you're over their shoulder and you give them that feedback. The leaders need to continue on with that. So you've just heard me tell the guys that they're getting a book off Thomas. It's got everything they need to know in it. All they need to do now for the rest of their career is read the book. Sometimes we forget is the leaders have got a book that's very similar. It tells them exactly what to do with a new recruit. It has the first 90 days of someone's career in that book. It, it, It isn't actually rocket science. And I think for myself, maybe if I spent more time, I spent a lot of time trying to prove the first book wrong in sales and couldn't do it. It worked brilliantly. Maybe I should spend more time trying to prove... The leadership book wrong and until it doesn't work. Yeah, that's, that's a very good point, mate. Very good point. What, whatever seminar it was from, whether it was, the, you know, 
No, there's one. The, the, the main one is the, the foundation. foundation manual, which tells you step by step. There's one and two. So, how to yeah. lead an office, how to build an office. Yes, there's, there's many other manuals that yeah. go into different facets. And as TL's knowledge has grown, so has ours because he imparts all that on us. Yeah. But there is a book that step by step tells you what to do with your business and what to do with this staff member, that staff member, whatever. After all, I've had many, many people who worked around me who had eight listings the first month after my training well, as they worked around me. Straight off the bat. The first month. Wouldn't you want to know that way of leadership? But if you know that way of leadership, that's one thing. Wouldn't you want to do that way of leadership? Because to do that way of leadership, that's a different level. A lot of people know leadership. And this is why in the last few days, it's come to light to me that most leaders have got three levels of leadership. And, and I'm finishing the Vazi, the leader. And, and that's why I thought about this. For me, leadership, you have to climb a mountain. You, you, every time you deal with a problem, there's a mountain to climb. And there are three stages in the climb. The first stage for me, it's probably a, a very long one but it's a very easy one because it's excitement a lot of people who are not leaders go to a course to learn about leadership and they get through to that first stage first camp if you will climbing mount everest easily because they're excited my problem is for them to think that because they reach camp one they're now leaders that's only the beginning that's stage one brothers so don't ever think that because you've passed now that's camp one you now know how to lead you're just a beginner your baby leader, right? Yeah. If anything, you're in transition between 400-pound gorillas to now leadership. With a lot of leaders, is that they stay there between base camp and going back down the valley, base camp, back down the valley, and that's leadership for them. Then there's the second stage of leadership for me, that's when you leave base camp and you go to stage two. At that point in time, there's a lot of resource gone wasted. you now starting to ask yourself question. Is it worth it? I mean, how far still to go? You now have questions inside your own team. People who are saying, is it worth the climb? There has to be an easier way. Do we trust you? I mean, do you really know the way to the peak, right? And for me, you have to have stamina. You have to have resilience to do stage two, commitment. Stage three, you run out of resources. There's no more food, no more water. You have to reach the peak now. In a business, there's no more money. You spend everything to get there. And so stage three demands now believe in self if you don't believe in yourself the amount of questions you get from your people the amount of questions that now starting to be raised in your own head are going to be enough for you to just walk down the valley and so the conquest of that leadership mountain is nothing else but the conquest of now belief in self you guys pretty quiet just trying to take it all that in. I was just thinking, I'm at level four. What's the <laughs> <coughs> I'm, I'm still four. in the Actually, I'm it's good that you're talking about it. I didn't think about caves. <laughs> <laughs> tunnels. We thought about tunnels before. Can we get a red wine happening? What are we, what oh, are we doing? We this here, boys, I went up to the uh, Hunter Valley and visited uh, one of my favorite. It's called Margan. It's got uh, an amazing restaurant where they grow all their uh, uh, vegetables there. And the chef is the equivalent of a one Michelin star in Europe. The day I went up, the uh, winemaker actually found out it was the first day of free COVID. You can now go anywhere. And he found out he had a reserve of some special wine he's been storing some Somewhere. And it was this Merlot 2014 that it's been stored. So we, we get to taste now something that he just uncovered. Does that sound like an under $50 bottle of wine to you, mate? Chris, <laughs> I'm asking you, Chris. No, it we doesn't. have rules. I didn't think of that, but no, it doesn't. We have, we, I have, we have rules. 
Well, the rules is very simple, guys. It's whatever you negotiate. <laughs> the 50 bucks, I'll put you on the show. You <laughs> bastard. <laughs> Actually, it's exactly what he's What a going. spin, but it's a good spin. I'll take that spin. <laughs> We're going, I'm going on a road trip. <laughs> and I'll, you can be there, and you can be there, and you can be there. I tried that at Dan Murphy's. I said, don't use the name Dan Murphy. <laughs> What do you and think so of the this Chardonnay? bottle, Chardonnay. Mate, the Shadi, I reckon, oh, is a winner. So let's try this Merlot 2014. Here you go. <laughs> I've been moving stones lately and trying to make this bond. I tell you what, I still can't use my arm. He's put three tadpoles in Lake Macquarie and wonders why he can't see them. That's what he's done. <laughs> is the pond up and running? Yeah, yeah the pond is running. Apparently, is you can only have. What's the. Uh, floor to space ratio on koi fish you're supposed to have? Apparently uh, about 10,000 litres per, per fish. How many koi were in that f- swamp no, swimming not pool? not a chance. How many sw- how many? That can't be true, man. Sorry, I'll, I'll tell you. Some of the koi ponds I've seen in Japan, yeah. they'd have 20,000 fish in that many bloody I told him about the litres. the one in Barrera, the you swamp. La- <laughs> last week we spoke and, I'm, and it was like a bit of an aha moment for me when I was discussing the new recruit and, you know, they didn't do their numbers and so forth. Yes. And you, it was a simple, simple answer you gave. And you said, what if that was your child? What would you do? And, you know, we often don't bring it back to the simplicity of that. Yeah. Um, and I think we all have an intrinsic ability to see what our children do or don't need. I think majority of us do. I think you'd have to be an idiot not to. Um, and then to put that view into the staff, for me, was a quite an aha moment. And I looked at that and I've gone, well, that just makes complete sense. So little bits and pieces I think we need to look at we need to trust our instinct a lot more, I think, when it comes to it. That view, what if it was your child that you're speaking to, how would you then approach that is a very, I think, yeah. Get off the iPad! <laughs> <laughs> no, you remember in one of my uh, seminars a few years ago, I, I said, you know, you need to treat your staff as if they were a bunch of volunteers. Yeah. A bunch of volunteers, you wouldn't be, you would never mistreat them. You w- would never talk down to them you would never insult them right why because as volunteers you're going i don't want to lose them they're working for free (laughs) correct so if you're looking at your staff like that you would find a way to talk to them in such a way that it creates a result not just vent i think i like you joe you've got a joe in in joseph look i've I've got a great team i I truly from where we were to where we are now it's a, a an absolute beautiful vibe in the office with the team we have um and Joe is a is a fantastic young man. Joseph is a fantastic young man. Mm. And they all like your training. I don't know why, but they all like <laughs> I'm shit at it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Better than Cam, but I'm shit at it. So. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he, here's a spin coming up. They, he, he's too busy eating. So, boys, we, we've been talking about spin, but let's let's have a bit of spin time now. What, what, what about the spin that you guys got for me this week? Man, oh, there's, there's a bit out there. Um, Cam's got a mouthful of cookie. No, I'm firing up about. <laughs> I'm still firing up about the the police thing that's going on at the moment. That's why? why? I had to get up at midnight last night and write some of it down because it was keeping me awake. But wow, because we've somehow turned someone getting murdered in America into over here, all cops are bad, or cops can't do anything wrong, and the, the vitriol and the the angst on both sides is it's actually doing my head in there's oh, yeah. there's one side of the argument that says all cops are pricks and and uh it, you know they, they never do anything right and there's the other side of the argument that will not for one second 
seed one inch of ground that says occasionally a cop does something wrong and they're that violent in their... Um, uh, uh, Polar opposites. No, well, they're that violent. Well, it's not even passion, mate. The, the words that are getting thrown out, it's, it's violence with the, the way they're trying to articulate their argument. I'm sitting there going, cop killed somebody, bad. Not all cops are bad. It's not that hard to work yeah, out. Yeah, right. And then yesterday, um, two police officers on the Central Coast got... Yeah, just around the corner from you. Oh, a little way up. Well, that's Darren Butcher territory, mate. We, we're a much higher class of... Uh, <laughs> Darren Butcher, who runs the office in uh, Gorog and, and Chum Heaven. Yeah, that's his patch. Yeah. Um, they got attacked by a guy um, and the the footage was pretty full on and the, if you had the sound on, it was even more full on. Oh, really? Um, and instead of it being... So that was the... Cops can't do a thing wrong argument for this is why they bash people and this is why and this is how they got to go to work every day and this is the threats they face. Um, in that instance, the guy probably should have got towed up. He, they were well within their rights to give that guy an absolute hiding. In America, he would have been dead. There's no doubt about it. He would have been shot four times. But it just fueled the other side of the argument to say cops can do no wrong. And the, the blow-ups that were on social media yesterday just it, it, it affected me. And then it, it actually, when you when you break down that video, and, and we've got to be careful, I guess, not to carry on like we're experts and we know everything, but one area I have some experience in is violent confrontations when you're trying to subdue somebody through my, my work in security. Yeah. And the other thing I have fair bit of experience in is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Yep. And I watched that video and I watched it three times. And I can tell you that if those police officers had even a moderate level of Jiu-Jitsu training, they wouldn't have been hit once. They wouldn't have been touched. That gentleman would have been put to sleep very nicely, wrapped up and subdued without any issues in the world. The other thing that that proves... So we talked about how... We believe there needs to be better recruiting and there needs to be better training in our in our police yep. forces, right? And I don't yep. think anyone argued with that. So that's in real estate, general. Yeah, but in yep. in when we when we were on when we were talking about George Floyd the other week, that's that's one of the things we threw out there. Now, those two guys got hurt. They got, you know, the 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 uh, lady officer had hair ripped from a scalp, um, and she got choked, and they didn't bash the guy. So then try and explain to me how. Two weeks ago, where the young Aboriginal kid got his head bounced off the pavement, how that was justified. Those two officers yesterday proved that you can contain a situation without the use of excessive force. The other side of it was, or not the other side of it, the other adjunct into it, it is clear they are not getting enough training into how to handle those situations. Yep. Because like in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I got to a purple belt level. All right, now that's... That's, pretty, that's two years. Oh, three years. There's five belts, though, and the thing I love about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is belts aren't just handed out, okay? You can, you go, to to some, you can go to some... <laughs> <laughs> you can go to some karate schools and you can get a belt every six months because that's how they keep the memberships coming in. Yeah. And Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu has a long-held pride and tradition where they can say that doesn't happen. To be a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you're looking about 10 years, um, unless you're, you know, a phenom. At a... At an advanced white belt in the blue belt, that situation, which is, you know, beginner to 
six months, six to 12 months. No, no, 12 months. months. Minimum 12 months. 12 months to 18 months. Okay. That guy is sound asleep and can't attack anybody. Within 30 seconds? Uh, It depends on how the role is going, but there was two of them. No, 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 I, I disagree with you. So, At that point in time, just get your gun and shoot the guy. They, no, that yeah, guy should have been shot. But they didn't. Yeah. But the week before, a guy says, you're a dickhead, mate, and gets his head pounded off the pavement. I, so the minute the guy went for... I'm not saying he shouldn't have. Shoot the guy. I'm not saying... that's not, But that's not the argument yeah. people are using. There was two weeks ago where the defenders of the police were saying it was okay the Aboriginal kid got his head bounced off the pavement yeah. because he was a smart-ass and... I get it because I grew up in the world of talk shit, get hit. That was the statement. You talk yeah. shit, you get hit. Yeah. But they're employees of the government and the state that yeah. can't do that shit. Yeah. All right? As much as you want to. Look, as I, much as you want to shoot that guy. Yes, he probably could have got shot and they probably could have justified it. But the scarier thing is, and this is for the police that are working, I mean, I've got a lot of people who work in the police force. They clearly have extremely inadequate training in any sort of ground... Um, combat. Well, question is, I've got why they, why didn't they just taser him? Because they were on top of him. I guess because if they taser waste him, of electricity. Him. Waste of electricity. <laughs> I don't know for sure, but if you taser someone while you're touching him, I'm pretty sure you tased yourself, mate. And it's electricity. Oh, I have no travels. idea. I don't know. Is, is, well, it's it electricity. Run that way. I don't know. But it's not. So yeah, it, it, it proved not proved. I guess. Because look, in all, all cases, you know, let's look at it realistically. All cases, you know, you, you might have a 200 guy, you know, 150 kilo guy, 100. 10 kilo guy against a 65 kilo uh, woman or and uh, you know so forth so if they're a blue belt in jiu jitsu and the 150 kilo guy doesn't know any 65 kilos wins every time okay um I, and i don't know about the taser um that's i'm pretty sure they would have electrocuted themselves <laughs> i'm pretty I, I, sure okay, I, I, mate, I, I, no, I don't. but it just showed no, look, we know. got two arguments we were saying that maybe they could vet people better and maybe there are people in the police force the who, training have, definitely needs to who have a mindset of um, shoot first, ask questions yeah. later. That's getting pol- that's getting shot down. Uh, people saying cops can't do anything wrong and then there's other idiots saying that every cop on the planet is bad yeah. and they should all be... I mean, thank God we're not in America where they're talking about unfunding the police and actually taking the police off the streets. I mean, that's a brilliant yeah, idea, great. whoever yeah, came up awesome. with that. But the video showed two things. It showed, one, you don't have to fucking kill somebody. Yeah. They managed to, yes, they got hurt, and they managed to, and the guy could have been shot and probably would have been, we all would have forgiven them for doing it, but they didn't. Yeah. And two, their training is so inadequate that they could roll around on the ground for a blow. That went for 12 minutes, that video. Yeah, right. And not have him subdued, not have him contained, and, you know, 12 months of, of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu training fixes that problem, especially with two of them, especially. Look, I'm on either side. I'm not north or south. I'm somewhere in the middle that says that I think well, police... I think that is the middle ground. Yeah, I think it is. And it says police at the moment, unfortunately, <laughs> at a point where... I think that is the middle. The definition of middle is they're not all bad, they're not all good. Yeah, Train right. them better and, and recruit harder. So, but I think police at the moment are also fearful of acting in situations like that for the active reprisal absolutely from, yeah, from, from the community and so I forth agree. so i think what's been going in the media is stopping people stopping the police from doing their job effectively um and if you're a smart ass like you said uh what was it Something, talk shit get talk hit. shit get hit i mean be respectful and that young guy didn't deserve his head pounced off the pavement but by the same token the copper has a position of authority respect that position yeah but he should have yeah, he, should. he should have found a place where there was a pillow or a bit of soil before doing no, something like this. The other thing that comes with proper training in martial arts, I guarantee if, 
Yeah, I will. Yeah, I'll, I'll, guarantee, I'll guarantee you yeah. that if the young copper who, no, no, who no, no, swept no, no, the bike, no, 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 that's still that's still violence. No, that's still he, violence. No, if he knew what he was doing, he wouldn't have touched the guy because he knows at any minute I can put this. My, I, I get it, and that I gives it. you the confidence where you don't have to yeah. do that. I shit. get that, but you you're now talking about a force that hasn't got all of that, right? So we can't just all right. We can all we can send them all to jujitsu, but it's going to take a while for them to come out with a even a blue belt. So right, right, right now, okay. right now, that, no, that, la- that lady, shot. she was a nice lady, and the the uh, gentleman, he was a nice gentleman. They got attacked probably by a guy. He was on drugs uh, to do something like this. Come on, any kind of logical person without any spin would have to know he was on drugs, yeah. All right? Yeah. So okay, well, shoot him in the leg. Stop him. I don't know. Do something. I mean, you don't have to shoot him in the head. Why we used to have to deal with people on drugs and steroids because they were the two problems. If someone was in a roid rage, the only way you could stop them is to cut off the blood supply to their brain. Okay, so shoot them in the head. No, (laughs) choke them. (laughs) Learn and choke. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. know. I'm just trying to explain what he's trying to say. They need to teach them three chokes. There's a rear naked choke where they choke them from behind. There's a guillotine choke where they're leaning down in front of him. And then the position they were in, it would have been an arm triangle with their arms up beside their head. You squeeze around the neck. They go to sleep. It's the only way you can stop the drug addled. It's the only way you can stop the steroid yeah. road rage. Train or the fucking police force. Less people will get hurt and then stop recruiting. Or 20 gram of lead. <laughs> we're trying not to be America. So I've asked a policeman uh, many years ago. I asked a policeman many years ago. Yeah. There was a situation on Bondi Beach many, many, many years ago. And there was a French tourist that was in a... With drug, a knife. With a knife. Mm. And they shot him dead. Yeah. And there was six or seven policemen around him. And I, a friend of mine who was a copper at the time, and I said to him, I said, why didn't they shoot him in the leg? They weren't that far away. Why did they shoot him in the leg? He goes, do you know how long it takes for him to cover up two or three metres with a knife to get to the policeman? Do you know how hard it is to shoot that leg? Because it's not as easy as everyone thinks. Mm. He goes, so um, is it shoot him in the leg to hope to take him down and stop him from stabbing a policeman? Or is it shoot him to stop him from stabbing a policeman? Yeah. Which choice do you take? I like it. And uh, I was like, yeah, well, I'd be shooting him to stop him from stabbing a policeman. Mm. And uh, They're taught to shoot centre mass, shoot to stop, not shoot to kill. But... Um, I've also been told that if you're ever running away from a policeman, run in a dead straight line because by l- they only have to train with their gun once a year. So you run in a straight line, they're very unlucky, unlikely to hit you. So, <laughs> so, so here's Cameron. First, he's trying to teach, he's trying to teach a se- the, the policeman how to defend himself with yeah. jiu-jitsu. Now he's telling every terrorist out there <laughs> how to straight. shoot, how to get the police. <laughs> run straight. <laughs> and you know, pistol, pistols, pistols over a short, over a long distance are very inaccurate anyway. Um, so if you're 15 meters, just run. I just think <laughs> each side's using the event, and we're talking about spin, and we're talking about the sales, and one side's trying to spin that no policeman's bad, the other side's trying to spin that all policemen are bad. I think there's been two incidents in the last two weeks that have. Um, Probably the neither is true, right? Um, you know, yeah, and and but no one can cede even the littlest bit of ground. There is not the one sinew in the in these guys' bodies to go. You know what? Those coppers could have killed that bloke, and they didn't. You yeah. know what? Maybe that guy shouldn't have had his head bounced off. Of, All right, boys, we're spending too much time on 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 this, right? I I think that guy should have been shot. Period. I don't want to go there anymore. But uh, there's one big thing that just came out from this week. 
is the Labour Party and uh, stacking. <laughs> Brand stacking. What is it? Did you know? Did, can you can you share all the spin that is? Did, did you see it? I posted that thing. I said, let's have a look at all the spins that's coming up now, right? So what's the spin? Well, what's like what's bloody stacking to begin with? I had to look that okay, up. To so start with. So too, that's, yeah. it's like Lego stacking. <laughs> obviously, the politicians rely on votes inside their own party to right. gain positions of power. So right. the stacking is illegally. Um, producing people to vote on someone's behalf, whether it be bribing people to vote, inventing people to vote, yeah. or threatening other people that if they don't vote, they can gain a position. And that's Most, most of it is people who don't really give a rat's ass either way, um, then they say, well, come and join my party. I'll pay your membership fees. Mm. So they're footing their membership fees of whatever they may be, bringing in 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 people in, paying those membership fees, and then having the right to say where these people's votes go because they don't care mm. either way. Um, and then to be elected to seat for parliament and so forth within a party is where they use those stacked votes in their favour. Mm -hmm. um, and this guy that got caught out, they're inventing, like they're using death certificates. They're inventing all kinds of Unbelievable. Very inventive. Very but so they come creative. out. And it's, so the spin in it, I'd never heard of stacking before, so yeah, I did my research on that. And then I'm like, what is to be gained? Obviously, there's positions of power inside the party. This bloke, Adam Samuyar, or whatever his, his name is. Former taxi driver. He's been hung out to dry, but he managed to get a lot of years and a lot of work in before he got hung out to dry. So then you go, hmm, what's going on here? Yeah. And then three days later, federal Labor has to take over the Victorian Labor Party and now the Victorian Labor Party has no voting rights until 2023. So you start looking. How did this bloke get away with it for so long and what's the why? What's the advantage of uh, Anthony Albanese taking over the Victorian Labor Party? So what I found was this. Uh, Adam, whatever his last name is, I can't pronounce it, actually got appointed to the Victorian government by Daniel Andrews. He was first in the government in 2009 and got sacked for a driving offence. It didn't say what. He was then back in the parliament in 2015 and got sacked for bullying. And then in 2018, Daniel Andrews hired him <sighs> to be the minister for local government. So that's only two years ago. Now all of a sudden, all this has come out. Daniel Andrews knows nothing about it and he makes a call to his mate Albo who says, I'll I need you to take over the party. So was old mate Adam getting too powerful? Were they scared of him? All of a sudden they've thrown him under a bus and then what I have discovered in my research is that even inside parties there's left and right versions of it. Andrews and Albanese are to the very left of the Labor Party and now by virtue of the... Federal government taking over the Labor government. Labor is now very, very swung to the left and giving that faction, the left is a faction, almost complete control of the party. Okay. So it started off as this guy's bad, this taxi driver, and how did he come up? And I, I think the spin is they've thrown this bloke under the bus so yeah. they can gain more control of the party. Ooh, I like that spin. I like yeah. that spin. Um, and now they've got it. We're gonna have to, uh, man. We're gonna have to brand stack on uh, Cameron Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Bring me all the dead votes here, like, <laughs> No, remember for carry on coming up. Because and then they've gone from the. It started off with the serious stuff, and then today, you know, the headlines were latest scandal to to rock the Labor Party, and it was this bloke 
Adam who's been busted showing the text messages that another bloke sent him and all he was doing was calling everyone a dickhead. So there's no scandal, but yeah, they're, right. they're now trying to throw as much shit on the fire as possible yeah. to make it. But to me, when you break it all down and you look behind the scenes, I think someone was getting a little bit too big for their boots. Leader at state level and leader at federal level got together and said, we need to stop this bloke. So they've thrown him under the bus. All of a sudden, after years of branch stacking and years of corruption, these cameras have turned up out of nowhere, caught the bloke. And now uh, the federal Labor leader has complete control of the Victorian state parliament. So, so look, I'm gonna listen. I'm not gonna talk too much about uh, the uh, stacking because, man, every freaking news in Australia is talking about it. But I'm gonna ask you this: If we, the three of us, were talking about branch stacking something like ten years ago, bef- just before Kevin Rudd got dumped, really, would people have listened to us? So here's the real question. Why does it take so many years for the Australian public to re- really realise it? Is it that we are so much a consumer of spin that we don't realise what's true from what's a lie anymore? Mm. That we consume fake news and real news and we mix them all up to, and they become just news? What, what is it? Well, I don't think until three days ago the majority of Australia knew the f- what the fuck branch stacking was. Exactly. But they've made a big thing out of it. They've put it on a current affair. It's the next outrage. We're an outrage culture. No, that wasn't a current affair. That was 60 minutes. Oh, Come on, whatever. let's give the credit no, to uh, whoever. We're an it. outrage culture at the moment. So what's the next thing we're going to be outraged about? Coronavirus is getting a bit dull. All of a sudden, all those people have done their research and gone, yeah, branch stacking, kill this bloke, Adam, whatever his name is. And the smokescreen has worked perfectly because there's very few people saying... Now Anthony Albanese controls the whole faction, that faction of the Labor Party, and that's where you know, smoke and mirrors, and that's why the paper can throw up things like he sent rude text messages in the same uh, in the same boat as electoral fraud. I mean, come on, fuck me dead. Yeah. Don't read my text messages if that's the biggest scandal. Yeah. Bloody but but who set him up? Who set that Adam up? I reckon it's got to be... Well, we're, uh, Someone's we're trying to base in. fact. Someone's dobbed him in, giving me an envelope over for to pay for votes. But Yeah, but so who's forth. been interview- I mean, recording and then all this secret so taping? Who's that? How he's, he can't have done all the shit he's done overnight. And I think That's it's come out that he can't have done it overnight. And, and when you look at Mr Andrews... He's the Chinese, uh, Miss uh, Daniel China, um, Chinese Daniel, I think they're calling him. The bloke's been sacked from Parliament twice, and you hire him in two thousand and eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, he's thrown under a bus. So, do you reckon, Mister Adam? Yeah, okay. Do you reckon so Adam said spin. to some bloke, "Goes, okay, you know so, what, mate? Adam's yeah. got to a point." And you know what, what? You know where I reckon he fucked up? He's gone, Crusoe. About time I yep. gunned for the top job, what do you reckon, mate? And Andrews has got a word of it. He's called his mate up the top. He got too big for his boots. It's uh, House of Cards, mate. Yeah. A good show. <laughs> I swear I learned all that. So the, the, the research that I've done, the, the, what I've read is that it, you're exactly right. He was Thank you. he was classified as the power broker, this guy that's been thrown yes. under the bus. He was, he was classified as the power broker. And they were saying that the amount of people would approach him to swing votes um, this is not the first time branch stackings. It was 2017. There was an inquiry for uh, for the Liberal government, and so forth and so forth. But Andrews has been in a shit for it before. It was called the Red Red Shirt, um, something along those lines. saga or something. Where he was. But using- I, what I was surprised is the very next day he was in front of everyone, saying, "I've contacted the uh, Governor General to uh, eliminate. He's been sacked from the party." And 
So as soon as this guy was caught, I've got no way that there's you did not know this was happening in your party. There is no way. Put it this way: no one in the Labor caucus who doesn't like in Daniel Andrews is allowed to vote now until twenty twenty three. Who does that help? That's what happened. The Federals taken over, and all Labor. So 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 what does Daniel Andrews do then? I mean, he can't be sitting there doing nothing. Well, he obviously thinks he's going to win the next election, so he just he, no one needs to vote. He doesn't want anyone in there that can throw him out. So what, all the Chinese are going to vote for But him everyone's too busy. The, the, the spin is everyone's now busy Googling what branch stacking is instead of going, hang on a second, this bloke hired Misdirection. This blo- yeah. And, mm, and that's misdirection. A, part, a big part of spinning is misdirection, isn't it? Right. Right? It's the same thing in sales. If, if you can't really do something that they expect, you just divert their attention onto something else, something a bit smaller where you're a bit better. Misdirection is awesome spinning, isn't it? And next thing, and, and the people, uh, um, please don't take this as a Labor versus Liberal or One Nation, Thomas. I don't want to offend <laughs> your party. Listen, mate, I'm here to represent my dear friend, because Pauline. Because the defenders are going to go, well, Liberals have been doing it for years as well. I'm sure they fucking have. There's no dispute that politics is a dirty, dirty, dirty game, but these blokes have been caught. But now let's look at what the real story is not the taxi driver who somehow took over the Victorian government and had to be stopped at all costs. Bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Bullshit. And, and as you said, who was the one that caught him? How did he get found out? And Same bloke you know, who hired him after yeah, he'd been sacked there you twice. Go. There you go. Oh, well. I'm calling well, spin. Yeah, well, listen, uh, it's not enough of a spin. I reckon Daniel oh. Andrews said to Albanese, you stop talking about my Belt and Road Initiative uh, with the Chinese. I will stop telling everyone that you, Albinizi, started all the brand stacking from oh. Cabramada or Marrickville. Wow. We're throwing it. Ooh, we're throwing oh, here it we out go. There. I don't know. I'm just trying to spin it. There's a long line. <laughs> There's a big net. Man, this is in the middle of our second bottle, so I'm just spinning it, boys. <laughs> no, we talked about joining the dots before. Unfortunately, in politics, it's not that hard to join the dots. They're all yeah. fucking. I did see Pauline Hanson go off her nana last night on Sky News because a Labor bloke accused her of being corrupt and made. Oh. <laughs> she she I, gets this twitch and she looks like she's about to cry, but she was going off. Listen, <laughs> leave my friend Pauline alone, okay? Oh, I, I, I think that I'm, I'm on her side, but uh, this morning I heard um, uh, Kevin007 7 <laughs> <laughs> On uh, on what is it two uh, GB with uh, what is it Fordman Fordham? I know we're not and trying to Ben Fordham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's I know replaced, we're trying to deal in facts. And he's replaced uh, what's his name uh, Alan Jones. Oh, uh, he's really trying his camera. best, but he's nowhere close to Alan. But he's trying. Yeah, so mate, I, uh, he's first go. He's not first go, mate. He's been in radio freaking the afternoon session, mate. They Alan put Jones him on. Jones was hundred and seven. <laughs> well, mate, this dude is probably ninety seven now. So I, I, I think that. When you look and listen to what Kevin was talking about this morning, man, he made a lot of sense, but I couldn't help but hear and and, and the sub-spin of the spin inside the spin of Kevin is that, man, he's still angry about what happened 10 years ago. Angry little man. Man, he's angry. I mean, uh, sure, he used words like the uh, faceless man and then... 
And then he used words like, uh, you need to listen beyond the words, go for the patterns because the factions and the factions, and he calls them the talentless people, unelected and be and <laughs> unelected by the public and, and doing things behind the public. I mean, it's enormous. And, and, and this is why I say to you, you know, people's life are totally directed by misdirection and spin all day long. No wonder we're confused, but we, we don't know what's what anymore. And it's the same thing in sales. I reckon most of our public does not know who's the best salesperson in the area. Not Christian all. You know, they see, <laughs> Sorry. they see certain things happen in certain areas and they, they don't know and until, why don't you just go out there and knock on the door of the person who just sold their house and then find out. You know, for, for yourself, don't don't just believe the things that salespeople would say. You, I, or anybody else would spin our own spin. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, it was something I would, uh, along the same lines. I was doing our research for, or doing my research for this podcast and how I came up with all those wonderful labour facts. I don't think people realise how deep it goes as far as agendas. It, Google. Everyone Googles things for information. Yeah. I don't. No, I, I don't. I, either, I got a T-shirt long time ago. My wife knows everything. I don't need Google. <laughs> <laughs> Google are a very left. Google are a very left-leaning uh, company. You follow their head office. You follow their board and, and the things they've done along the same lines as Twitter. They control what information you see. You might think you're typing in a question. They control what answers you get back. Mm. Duck, duck, go, gentlemen. DuckDuckGo is where it's at. It's a server that's completely unbiased and it's also anonymous. And when you type in uh, Daniel China Andrews and China Albanese into Google, you get one set of answers. When you type it in DuckDuckGo, completely different news articles that you would never have found anywhere else. Completely different information. And it's information from all the sources. I didn't even know half the newspapers existed that the articles came up from. So what is it? Picking picking Duck? Duck, duck, (laughs) DuckDuckGo. Okay, duck, duck. So how do you how do you spell it? Duck. D u c k. Duck. And so D u c k. Two times. Yeah. Duck, duck. Go. G o. Dot com. No, it's just a, you type in type into Google duck, duck, go. Okay. All right. <laughs> and you'll and get, you get a recipe. It's a new. Uh, it's a, a another search engine. Wow. Um, okay. Because even Google, if they don't like Donald Trump, you're not going to get many positive articles come up. Hey, what about this spin on Donald Trump for the moment? Donald Trump has got Joel Bol- uh, John Bolton coming out with his new book uh, about the times when he used to work within the inner circle. And I tell you, what you, what you read on CNN is very, very uh, different to what you read on, on Fox. Yeah. If you want to know spin, read both of them and then you make up your own mind. Find the, find the true ground in the middle somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Can we talk about social media just quickly? Yeah, yeah, okay. Let's let's go, let's go, let's go. There's a debate about obviously Twitter deleting posts and Trump's war with social media and, and whether it's right or whether it's wrong or whether YouTube and social media and Twitter and Facebook should be censoring people and all that type of stuff. It's clear that with any type of technology, anyone's going to use it to their advantage if they can find a way and there's enough noise about Hillary Clinton trying to use it against Trump in the one election and now there's noise about Trump trying to use it with China and all different types of stuff. But I actually want to talk about social media platforms are a business and we, we had this discussion off air yep. a couple of years ago. No one can tell me how to run my business. If 
I don't like something that's said in my business, I can tell that person to shut up. If I'm providing a platform for people to speak or a, a, a software where people can say what they think but that doesn't align with my values, I own the shit and if I don't want it on there, I don't want it on there. So what you've got with Twitter is a, is a left side conservative thing who's very anti-Trump, so anything too positive about him or anything that comes up, they're censoring. I don't think you can go down the freedom of speech rule route. They're a business. They get to decide. Same with Facebook. And the thing with Silicon Valley and all those, where all these people come from, for whatever reason, and it's, that's stuff I don't understand. They're all on the same side of politics. Um, why can't they control what's put on there? Why can't YouTube? I don't like it. I don't like the fact that if you put a video up on YouTube and you say the wrong word, they can take it down. But why can't they? It's their business. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, I don't know too much about freedom of speech or the First Amendment. Well, that's what they're saying. They're like saying that. Twitter's breaching freedom of speech and, and YouTube are beach, uh, uh, attacking freedom of speech. It's their business. It, and I don't know if it, if it changes because it's a publicly listed company. I don't know if that then changes their laws of being able to dictate what goes up and what doesn't go up. I don't know enough about that, mate. So... To answer that question. I think that one of the things that we well, also we have had to a lot more to say is, about it's just not Twitter, boys. No. Facebook yeah. has had a, quite a bit of a backlash from uh, their own staff. A lot of their staff has been very angry at Mark Zuckerberg, and um, they really uh, pushed Mark into a corner. Mark had to go out and uh, made some change to the way he behaved with Facebook. Because that was the lack of a response from Mark, not because he... Um, no, because he was he was not supporting the uh, the uh, anti racism right that, that so happened he's, he's from the George right, Floyd right, right? right. But Mark Zuckerberg he was more or less looking after himself and his own company. I don't want Trump to touch my company or okay, come up with new laws that's going to stop us to do certain things. And we got free reign right now, and and my the the target of my business is about free reign, right? Because I'm the king. So in the end, mate. They couldn't give a shit about us. They couldn't give a shit about anything else. The, the fact is that they run their own company for the betterment of their own shares, stocks, and the direction of their company. Okay? Now, this is what really, at first I thought, Twitter, good on you for making a stand about, you know, the wrong thing or the right thing. And, but this is a funny thing. Donald Trump has been lying from the day he came into presidency. Why didn't Twitter... Do anything back then about tweet, tweets because it wasn't popular. Because we were not very close to November election this year, and well, back then more people hated Hillary than hated Donald Trump. Clearly, so they let. Yeah, no, that was fifty-fifty, and and according to the popular vote, no, she was actually more popular than him, but she lost to him because of the college vote, right? So, why yeah. wouldn't you react? and say we are not saying anything against the president we only fact checking and if the facts are not real we just want to let people know where they can find real facts mm. why didn't you do that in 2016 when he lied outrage culture wasn't as bad then ah come on stop the <laughs> outrage culture no i'm serious oh. you got me too movement you got the cancel you cannot say anything anymore we got people's desk ripping down statues because of something that happened ah, the egypt's man yeah, but that's that plays into the share price. The more people that are happy with Twitter denouncing the unpopular statement, and at the moment the right wing stuff appears to be more unpopular. It's just I don't think twi I, I think it's it's quite simple. Twitter doesn't want uh, Trump back in power, and um, 
they're doing everything in their power to manipulate that into their favour. Is exactly the same as Fox will or in, in NBC will. So what we you know in the in the pursuit of hoping that people use critical thinking more often, they need to realise that when you Google something. You're not getting all the information Absolutely when it comes no. up. When Absolutely you're reading no. Twitter, you're only reading what they want you to read. And when you're reading Facebook, they're only reading what you want to read. You, you type like the wrong word into Facebook accidentally and next minute that's all you're seeing. If you're a Trump supporter, you'll see a lot of Trump stuff. If you're a Trump hater, all you're going to see is Trump hate to feed into it. And but yeah, American politics, are, oh fuck, we've got enough problems of our own. Kevin 07, Jesus Christ. No, but I, I, I listen, I don't mind. I don't mind. If you say things and didn't, didn't turn out to be that way, but it, I, I think that there is something huge that is happening for the moment is that people don't seem to trust politicians at all anymore. And when you look at that brand stacking, you're looking at what's happening with the American politics that they have to get a real estate agent to be a president to try and fix things, and then now we find out that you know he can't he can't even build the wall. <laughs> unless it is around his White House, we, we got major problem with within politics, right? And, and so I think that the world is getting pretty angry. And, and this is only a big change right now. I sometimes think that maybe we ought to do the bit that I was trying to share with my son a little while ago when I wanted to push him into politics. Go into politics and come up with a point and say to people, come up with five things that you vouch that you're going to do. If you're not going to do it, you will go to jail. And you want your the opposition that's coming up against you to vouch for five things that if he's not going to make happen, he'll go to jail. And then the public at least can vote on five things that are essentials that we know is going to happen. Mate, I don't know, but all my voting years, I've voted for stuff that never happened. Yeah, the, the you know, I voted for... I mean, I didn't vote for NBN, but I still don't have NBN when uh, everyone <laughs> around me have got NBN. <laughs> what is this? Yeah, the, the the lack of trust in politics is, or lack of trust in authority in general is of their own making. There's nothing – you've only got to watch – someone will get up and say something and then the other guy goes, oh, hang on, I found this thing that he wrote 10 years ago that says the exact opposite. He can't yeah. – no one – makes a stand that they actually believe in. The ones that do get polarised as loony. I mean, Jackie Lambie, from what I see, seems pretty genuine and, and spins the same story every single time. Um, Pauline Hanson has never wavered from her, her rhetoric as such. But unfortunately, they don't get a look in as, as the true leaders of the country. It's guys who say this year carbon... Uh, emissions are popular, so we're going to make a bunch of bullshit about carbon emissions. And next minute, it's gay marriage, and, and like there is no one, you know, go to jail. The way the parliament works, if it's too close to call, a lot of stuff gets blocked in parliament anyway, doesn't it? I mean, you can say, yes, I'm going to do these five things, and you can have every intention in the world of doing those five things, but if the votes don't go your way, in the from what I understand of parliament working, you can't, if you had 100% of your team on the board, then you could say, I'm going to do these five things or you can yep. put me in jail. But there just is no – I think people just tune out in general. Yeah, but that's Who why – listens I, anymore that, when they speak? That, no, that's why, like, we need to – we ought to do this. And I was talking about uh, this with Chris last week. You weren't around, so you, we couldn't share this information with you. But maybe we should talk about some of this issue on Facebook Live and maybe get some people to let us know about what they think and their opinion and we can discuss it. 
because I think the more we can stir people about critical thinking the way you say it, mm. I, I reckon the better. I'm not here to win. I'm here to make sure that the day I leave this planet, I live in a better place for my children, my grandchildren than the day I turned up. The thing and right now it's not. Yeah. The thing that worries me about that, and I love it, and I, mate, I love an argument, but the there is a distinct inability at the moment, it seems, to have, this is going to piss a lot of people off, but an adult conversation. And it goes, it goes back to what I was saying before, the inability to even admit for one second that there might be another yeah, side to the story makes that impossible. Because you can't, you can talk reason... All you want. I found it during the COVID thing. Like I got pretty vocal on Facebook during yeah. the COVID thing and all I said was protect the people who are in danger, let the people who aren't in danger go to work so the economy doesn't crash. And the fucking firestorm that yeah. came my way and you, you just couldn't – there was from my end 100% no name calling, just saying all I think is if people are at risk of dying, they should be protected and the people who are at no risk of dying don't need to be locked in their house. Yeah. Couldn't have it. You could not have – and that's what stops a Facebook Live in an open forum where we're trying to um, cultivate critical thinking because people are too close opinionated to, and won't. They have yeah, to be right. Yeah, it's or, right or wrong. There's no grey area with and, them. And unfortunately, the world is is grey, my yeah. friends. The world is grey, my friends. And, and and this is why I think that instead of making. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know, man, this is the second bottle. We're opening the third bottle soon. But, I think instead of making the voting compulsory, we ought to do it like in America. It's not compulsory. But then what we need to do is to a, uh, put That's link, Donald Trump link, our, link our bank account to, to the voting. <laughs> so you vote for Labour, and they say they're going to go for a surplus. If at the end of their term it's not in surplus, we now deducted, we divided among all the people who voted for Labour's, and we now deducted an amount of money out of your account. I think there's an inherent problem in the system where only one of two parties can get elected in real terms. No one can run as an independent. No, th there's plenty. In. Listen, we, I'm trying very hard with Pauline, and I think we're going to get there. <laughs> get China, uh, while you're at it, Mr. We <laughs> Vietnamese Belgian, get China Daniel on your crew and... Uh, and um, no, but I'm, I'm. He called me faceless, so I, I just <laughs> just get the Chinese. He meant government. hairless. He meant hairless. <laughs> he meant hairless. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> oh dear God! Thank God yeah, this it's, is radio. It's, it's really. Um, <laughs> I don't know. No one cares about my stuff, but it's really affecting me that people can't have an adult conversation. Yeah, it really is. I, I keep on saying that about you. You know, why do you say it about others? Well, I can have an adult conversation. I know that, that for every one side of an argument, there has to be another. I know that there's a possibility that not every cop's a bad person and I know that there's a possibility that not every cop's a good person. Why and there's a possibility anyone, that Daniel Andrew is a much nicer person than we know. They can't bring themselves to say it. They can't bring themselves to do it. It was either lock everything down or lock nothing down. There was no... no In between. And the problem... It was one of the topics we were going to talk about at some point, but the in-between is always too quiet. I think it's because they're sick of dealing with imbeciles on either right. side. The noise of the left and right the is too too noisy. The in-between, there's the happy medium, and I think the problem with that, and the reason it doesn't get discussed happy is... happy medium, it's critical thinking. Yeah, but it's it's the ability to allow someone to have an opinion that may be, maybe may be right, different to yours, and may different. be right. No, just different. Um, and uh, unfortunately, we've spoken about this before, but you know, unfortunately, um, 
I'd love what, to sit there it, and, yeah. and you know, call it, let's have a Facebook Live and try and have a critical thinking conversation. Unfortunately, only my opinion's critical and yours is rubbish. That is exactly yeah. what it fucking turns into. And it, oh, mate, five minutes of it yesterday watching on and just the, the inability to make a statement without calling someone a name or, or degrading someone or you must be a fucking idiot if you think this, fucking try it. What? Just have your point. <laughs> and it's not that, that stuff wasn't directed at me. This is just scrolling in my timeline. But um, that is where the world is going bonkers. And no, I think we can fix all of that. I think that it's time now to make every post that you make totally um, you're responsible for it. It's time to, to put accountability behind posts. You make a post, you can be sued. Yeah. Why not? Mm. I'd love that. Yeah. Because then we'll see where the money goes. Because right now, posts are free. Your dreams are free. I mean, There's no talk you want shit Snow White to come back into your life. That's free. There's no talk shit get hit on social media, and that's the problem. And a lot of the things people are saying to each other in the under the guise of just trying to make a point, you'd, if you're on the street, you'd get your teeth knocked out. And they won't do it. And it's a but, huge... Uh, see, that's one happened to me because I happened to be... Bell Jiu Jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you get him to the ground. But he was already on the ground. That's my point. Uh, that's all right, mate. It's easy. A bit of Muay Thai. Learn a bit very, of Muay Thai. Very easy to get someone to the ground. You you go for their belly. You go for their belly. And at the same time, you grab their trousers. Pull their trousers down as you pull. <laughs> down the ground. Correct or not? Yeah, you can do it. Easiest place. Yeah. You just got to avoid the knife, the gun. And it that. doesn't. It doesn't matter about your weight. It doesn't matter about anything at all. You just lower yourself down, give everything into the belly area, and pull at the same time. They get knocked down. Their head just hit the pavement, mate. It's finished. No need for triangle or armbar <laughs> or whatever. Armbar is not going to work against someone who's addled on drugs because they don't feel the pain. They're just going to. But choking them, gone. Gone. Putting them to sleep. One. Wow. Okay. Cameron Vale. Oh, we're on. We've got a Cameron Vale. That's not what I bought it. It's actually made by Grant Burge uh, from the Barossa. Uh, very nice drop. A, a Cab Sav 2018. Um, yeah, from Cameron Vale. The name. Beautiful. Let's see how this one goes. Cameron Vale? Are you going to rip into him? He gave you two lines. At least I tried to say the French words. Do some research. So what's your research? So where's Grant Burge? Who's Grant uh, Burge? It was the top shelf left-hand side of the... <laughs> That's uh, not good enough, son. No, that's not good enough oh, either. Bad luck. You, it, I'm sure you're not going to not drink it because of it. No, it's not. We're not going to drink it. But uh, like we punished was, uh, Ken for of... not being here last week, we'll have to punish you if you don't know your wine, mate. All right. what, what's the punishment? Changes every week. You better know your stuff before we tell you the punishment. If we're going to do a podcast, it's called Wine and Wisdom. It helps if we know. We something have wisdom. Wine. Yeah, I know. I was busy. <laughs> nice wine. And I'm still onto the Merlot anyway. You know, I'm always impressed with that Grand Birch. You know, Grand Birch, it's it's a name. I mean, it's a well-known name. Oh, but it they always managed to do very popular prize, popular wine, you know. It's like uh, Himera. They, they, they do that kind of stuff. There's a Seinfeld episode with the Birch. Grand Birch, Birch. Anyone who knows <laughs> Seinfeld will know what I'm talking about. It's, it's a, nice. yeah, good wine, reasonably priced. That was, yeah. I think the Merlot was nice. Merlot's good. I'm still on there the Merlot. There's no way it was 50 bucks. 
That French Chardonnay was $19. <laughs> he still hasn't from, denied the fact either. Yeah, that, that uh, French Chardonnay was $19 from Dan Murphy's. Really? God, that so. was cheap. That that's, was very That's good, why mate. it wasn't that good. Oh, fuck off. You're, you're on the record, mate. You're that, on the record. That white, that, that, yeah, that Chardonnay was beautiful. I'll be looking for that again. 100, 100 do you know, boys, do you know the number of people, like uh, even the recruits the last three days who, that wanted to really be on our Wine and Wisdom podcast? Yeah, well, your two recruits saw the three bottles of wine when they walked out. Yeah. Said, Where was ours? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, so, they saw so disappointed. <laughs> yeah, when you pass your exam, mate, don't you? You got to crawl before you can walk. Huh? 100,000 people deferred their loans this week. Uh, and, yeah. and we today, today, as of Thursday, 18 of June, we, it, we hit the mark. 100 days to go before JobKeeper and job seekers finished. And, yeah. It's the um, end of the world as, as we, we know. Nah, rubbish. It's, uh, yeah, big call. What's the and prediction? So Listen, like, there's going to be more unemployment and Wisebury is going to employ more people. My prediction is this, not speaking from personal experience, but I think Which because experience? we're Aussies, a lot of people have just put their loans on hold because they couldn't. Fuck the banks for a little while. They've had a lend of us for long enough and when September comes... Oh, really? Is that how Aussies uh, believe? Oh, you go back behave. to oh, I think, uh, oh, mate, it's the same as uh, job, we're going to hand out no. JobKeeper, so we'll take it. And it's the same as we'll let you take 20 grand out of your super so people do it. You give a handout, you're going to take a handout. If the, the, the report I read and the one I shared on the Facebook page that said, oh, the banks have lost 70% profit, boo fucking who? <laughs> <laughs> Because last time there was an interest rate drop, you took three fucking weeks to pass any of yeah, it on, absolutely. and then you only passed half of it on. And absolutely, you're 100% right there. Cry me a river. Cry yeah. me Look, a river. Um, when it comes to the Aussies deferring their loans, I think a lot of Aussies deferred their loans for uncertainty, their own financial future. No, so just for a break, mate. Someone I know very close to me just did it because we're going to have six months without paying okay. a mortgage. So what I'm saying is what I think is that they deferred it because they don't know what the financial future was. <laughs> Anna Bly, though. Um, Who's Anna Bly? Who's Anna Bly? She's the um, Australian Branch. Bank she Association. Got, yeah. um, they branch stack to get the ex-premier of... Oh. Money ...into the banks. I can't believe They all end up in the banks. You can't let a Queenslander run the banks. jobs. You can't let a Queenslander run the banks. Have you met anyone from Queensland? Oh. oh my! Come on, mate! You're talking about the smart states, so Rug stop it. Rugby league, mate. Come on. Like, um, you know, no, some someone I know lately just spoke about Comrade Palaché. <laughs> <laughs> you can come in, and you cannot come. Yeah, in. <laughs> yeah. I yeah mean, well, I think I so know the same person. Yeah. <laughs> She's having the same le uh, uh, level of restriction as North Korea. <laughs> I, I think that Comrade Palaché is doing very, very well. Yeah, yeah. I think commandant. Chris has got his rosy glasses on. He's about to say people just had good reasons for uh, stopping their mortgage. I'm no doubt there's some people. I'm in sure trouble. as hell can. There's some people that may have uh, just taken advantage of the situation. Because I reckon they that's to. more than not, mate. But I reckon a lot of people out there. You work in the housing market, yeah? Don't get upset with me. No, no. Are people a, still buying I'll shut up while you talk. Go yeah, ahead. Are mate. people Go still ahead. buying houses? I don't know. Am I allowed to talk now? Are people still Whoa. buying houses? No, 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 no. Come on, Chris. Don't let him. Go ahead. Just it's not like that. you had airtime. Go. Are people <laughs> still buying 
Houses. Yes, mate. Are people still selling houses? Yes. Right. Is the economy as bad as what people are making out? Maybe. I'm not seeing it, bro. Okay. That's what I'm saying. He's upset. No, no, no. I was just trying to share something and you just all wanted right, you to get share. your... Sorry. That's all right. Anna I just want to interrupt you, Cam. Go ahead. No, you're all right, mate. Go ahead, mate. You're all right, mate. Six months time... Sorry, in the end of this... Uh, <laughs> End of September, JobKeeper payment start, stops. End of September, JobSeeker payment stops. Yep. End of September, the bank's holiday season stops, right? No paying the loans. Yep. So all these guys that are on JobSeeker won't get any money, so what's going to happen to them? Uh, if they're they on JobSeeker, they it means they're... They probably upload Wisebury. Yeah. <laughs> I'm and if they know how to... No, seriously, if they upload Wisebury and they know how to sell, I'll find them a job. That's fine. Correct. 590, look, let's go back. April, 594,300 people lost their job and that's divided into a few different percentages. So I say lost their job in air quotes. I know personally uh, we had a staff member who had been lost 50 hours a week at a pub and, and 10 hours a week at a gym. As soon as they announced the restrictions were easing, he got called to get his job back. So a lot of the people who I've lost I've been told he ran away from you. Yeah, there's no doubt he ran away from me, but... We've already talked about leadership, so just let's stick to the topic. Um, <laughs> the majority of the people who lost their job, I felt, and what I saw in the market in that you want time, called him back was under twenty-five. They weren't the people buying and selling houses. They weren't the people who were in charge of keeping the economy going. A lot of them, as soon as the clubs open, are going to get their jobs back. Yes? No? 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 Don't reckon? Because if they don't have the patrons there to serve, they won't be They're all there back, mate. Who's not going back to the pub? Carry on, Tav was pumping on Friday afternoon. I wouldn't know. Yeah, that's a beginning, man. That's a beginning. Because uh, these people are still getting their job keeper and job seeker payments, so they've got money to spend at the moment, right? Listen, this is why there's so many, even with all of these uh, George Floyd and everything that's happened afterwards, mate, People after COVID, that's why I said last week, what's happening right now, there's a cocktail. It's a cocktail. It's not just about police violence. There's racism and then there's a cocktail about post-COVID. People have been in isolation. Same thing. Right now, people have gone out, but you'll see, man, people are going to have to wake up. And and I can't believe, I mean, a lot Do of things... Do you think the economy is going to drop by 10%? I, I don't know where it's 10. I don't know where it's 10. I think that the economy is going to drop. Absolutely, because... Right now, there's a lot of people hurting, and we are not even open. There's all of these idiots running around the streets, and they are going out there for apparently refugee rights bullshit. I mean, go back to your country, okay? And then we, 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 you can scream from there if you're not happy. But then you have a look. Those guys then will contract the coronavirus, which we are no, no longer speaking right now, like it's funny, about two months ago, the value of life was so, so important. We all respected about being isolated. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, man, who gives a shit? May we go out there because we're an activist or we would like to become an activist and then we're all going to bring the virus home to the elderly. And then what? It's going to go back up and then what are we doing? When's Have a look at election? Beijing right now, boys. Come on, don't, don't change it. Have a look at Beijing right now. It's gone back up. Yeah. Yep. And apparently now... They just blaming on a few Swedish people. They also said there was only twenty seven new cases in oh, the cut day. Cut the shit. I know, but there's a billion Mal people in the country, so that was bullshit. It have you ever heard? Have you ever learned in maths there is a term? It's called logarithm. You, you ever logarithms? Yeah. yeah. 
Algorithm, well, logarithm. No, logarithm. Logarithms. And logarithm is actually a way of writing a very big figure into a small one. <laughs> 27 million people. <laughs> got, no, that's what I mean. It's clearly a couple bigger. of zeros and no, you're right so to go. I'm not changing the subject. When's our next election? Federal. Don't know. When is it? Uh, next year. Next year. We get to September. You two guys, well, I won't say you two because you're on the fence. You're right, and the economy's going to fucking crash and burn in in, in September when they stop I, I, when they stop all these payments. Again, I believe you're putting words into my mouth because you didn't let me finish my conversation. But that's Ooh. okay. Go ahead. Because we're not allowed our opinions, apparently. Oh, so yeah, go ahead. he's upset. Careful, no, no, no. I mean, don't upset him, mate. We're going to get jujitsu. Do another, man. But go ahead. Do not upset him. We're going to get jujitsu purple oh, oh, belt on right. us. I've never seen you like this. That's right. I've never seen you. Cam, not letting have someone have their have their talk, right, mate. mate. This is the first first class of one. Tell you, man. That's you know. You sit there preaching about either side having their word and saying there's a happy medium in the middle. And a That's the way it is. I never said the economy is going to crash, burn and crash. What I was trying to get at was the economy will have a downturn. Okay. The economy is a false economy at the moment. It we is. are in we are in an economy that is boosted by uh, government money. When that stops, mate, something's got to stop. Okay. We got an election next year. Are you? You're the prime minister. Can I put you in the prime minister's shoes? Because you, you like making everyone go happy. for it. Can we hug and make up before this? Goes? No, go for it. <laughs> no, you piss me off. No. Go for yeah, it. Right. <laughs> fucking talk. You talk. You might. You do like the sound of your own voice, but go ahead. Anyway, go on. I haven't had a glass of wine in two weeks. Oh fuck, that's probably me. why it it's is. There. there you it's go. It's got me, go brother. On. So you're the prime minister, Chris. Prime minister Danola. Yeah. We've we've branch stacked. We've got every wise bit of vote illegal. Oh, that was the Labor, not me. So it's all good. Let's move ahead. <laughs> you got an election coming up next year, Chris. You've got. A huge percentage of the population relying on these payments that you've given out during a pandemic. And if you stop those payments, in your opinion, the economy is going to suffer greatly, but you've got an election in a few months. You're going to stop those payments, bro? Yep. No, you're not. Because it was, a, it was actually a preset, determined date. I will pay you for six months. They will stop those payments. Guess what happens on the on the twentieth of August? If he loses, he loses. But the he, figures have changed. If and we, he, we got our modelling wrong, and to stop the payments now would completely decimate our economy, and we can't do it. So, guys, I'm going to extend it till Christmas, and because we, we want kids. Uh, oh, I've even got his line. We don't want kids going out <laughs> with their toys under the Christmas tree. Uh, I, I, oh. I don't. That I, is exactly what's going to come out. I don't out believe of his they're going to extend it. I will put a hundred dollars right now. He mentions Christmas toys, and we can't. No, have no, no. Kids but 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 right thing. now, I think that um, I I love our prime minister. I think he he has worked very very hard after he came back from Hawaii. And <laughs> Do you think he's stopping the payments and, and in September? Uh, and I would have to say that he's made one mistake though, because we in real estate, so I'm cool with the the grants for the rebuilding and renovation and all that stuff, but that's not the right thing. We spoke about it last week when he was not around because he found something more important to do, Cameron. But we spoke about we need to get the energy to be cheaper. We need to get really our primary industry to come back. And I think the two things we're going to have to do is any company that our Australian company is doing shit outside Australia, wipe their tax up for their products to come into the country, and we need to get the energy in Australia to be cheaper so that we have people who want to outlay money to build here and to create things here. Because 
we can go out there with slogans like buy Australians, but if buy Australians going to cost 20% more than any overseas material, that's not going to last because in the end, one of the demons that we have is to save money. And if we can save $10 every shopping, that's $500, $520 after 52 weeks, we will do it. So we have to do it. We ha- it's time now. Stop this bullshit about giving a grant to people to renovate. What the hell is that? They have a house. Be happy with what you have. This is COVID, for, for God's sake. Get our freaking first primary yeah. industry going so that we can start building our own mask here. Yeah. We can build our own things here. We can. Do you know that we don't even have an Australian car anymore? As of a couple of years ago, Holden stopped in Adelaide, yep. What about restarting all of this? Mm-hmm. And then from this, we start depending on our own self. No? Yeah, I agree. But Prime Minister Le Huang of the no, One Nation No, I'm not Party. a Prime Minister. I am a... No, I'm uh, asking you. I put him on the spot and he didn't answer. I am a primary well, assistant yeah. to Pauline Hanson. You need okay. to remember. <laughs> assistant to the Prime Minister. She's coming back to Vietnam with me very soon. We, <laughs> For we're visiting. Assistant to the Prime Minister. Yeah. Will you be telling Pauline in September if the economy is going to crash to stop the payments or somehow miraculously extend the payments so you can be re-elected in I will not. I will, I will tell Pauline, do not give people any payments. Any payments you give people right now is going to be spent. I've spoken to retirees who are going to take the 750 to buy new shit, new toys. It's not going to just do anything. It's but just going to get JB hi fi to go Mr. up. Mr. Advisor, it's political suicide. You pull this shit a couple of months out from an election, there's no way we're getting re-elected. I don't give a shit. But they do give a it's shit. About it's about... Uh, look, I think the long-term This is why I will never be in politics, because what we say, which is for the betterment of, not for us necessarily, but for our kids. Why do we want to dumb shit on our kids' back? And, and I think that if... There are people like us on these kind of podcasts talking about this stuff, raising the awareness that, you know, stop talking crap about better today because there is one of the law of thermodynamics is that nothing ever gets lost, nothing ever gets created. Everything is a transformation from one energy to the next. Whatever we give ourselves today, we burden our future generation. If we are no giver fuckers, then fine, let's do it. I happen not to be part of that population. So I will talk very differently. And therefore, I have no problem with sacrificing or or making sure I tighten up a little bit of of what I have right now to make sure that the kids are not burdened with that. I mean, that goes with my philosophy of I need to leave this planet in a better shape than when I arrived. Yeah, yeah. So I'm very sorry, big man. I would say to Pauline, Pauline, we never want shit anyway. <laughs> you <laughs> so, don't have to be sorry to me. I so, hope you're right. I think the common So Pauline, let's go is, for broke. No. Let's go for broke. When you have no more chips on the table, a very small amount of chips on the table, you have to put it all in. And the only way we go all in is we, is we have to go and try to defend for the unborn generations. Looking at what the government's doing moving forward with this, the, the um, yeah, these guys too have lost it for some reason. It's not reading my notes, mate. Looking at what the government's doing this, moving forward with the uh, 
um, grants for the home builders and the home renovations and, and so forth. Yeah, take the bottle. They can't afford to do that with the infrastructure they've got promised to create new jobs as well as keep the job keeper and job seeker payments going. Do you know anyone who's got 150 grand's worth of renos lined up at the moment? I'm looking at the one. <laughs> I think it was a it was a gesture, like the take up on that. I don't know. You know, I've worked in a different market to you guys, but to spend 150 thousand dollars on a lot of the houses I'm I'm listing and selling and all that sort of stuff, you, you've far stretched. I think it was just a a point scorer. I don't know. Listen, I agree with you. It was just giving a freebie for a freebie. Do you know that when they talk about some of this shit, freebie for freebies when you don't qualify, it's not a freebie. Mm. Uh, I, I just <laughs> found out. <you> know? <laughs> so right now there's a huge sentiment that we are being taken advantage by quite a lot of foreigners, countries around us that's taking advantage. This is a time where we tell them, F off. We need to focus on us. Yeah. And without even... Without having to say that we're going to be the first country to apply for some kind of uh, inquiry into the COVID-19 <laughs> after it's happened. No, don't have to do this shit. Just silently take all of our money back and invest it here. Why would we have people in this country living in the streets when we're trying to still save the world? Why do we allow our companies that are Australian to send stuff home because it's cheaper to build over there and they're going to charge us more. Stuff them. Get their uh, fees up. Get their tax up. This is the time where we build everything home. Yep. And I think that we are going to have to make that kind of a wave. Do you know how a tsunami starts? A little drop from the middle of the ocean and let the wave do the, the rest. We're going to have to start doing this. We have to start building stuff at home. Why don't we just try and find out and maybe even look around and maybe some of these people who are listening to us are going to help us find companies that are really worth a grain of investment mm. to talk to us so that we can try and make a point for maybe the government to invest into them to make this country stronger. Yeah. The only company in right now in COVID-19 that is doing well, it's called the Australian government. That is the only company that is doing well right now where all of their senators and ministers are not having one cent cut off. The rest of the population is having a huge repercussion on their income. Mm -hmm. Correct or not? Yes. Yeah. So what about asking the biggest company in Australia, the Australian government, to start investing, not their money. We're okay right now that you are still getting your in entire income and you're playing silly buggers with opening borders, closing borders, road and belt initiative and all this shit and then and branch stacking and not branch stacking and divert all this shit away from one thing. And here's the super spin busters. They're still getting paid. That's exactly still right. still getting paid. <laughs> Fuck you. Your income has not suffered one iota and still you have not improved this country. Boys, it's taken us. <laughs> Took a while, kind of, but we got there. But we <laughs> built to that crescendo, <laughs> didn't we? Wow. Fuckers are still getting paid. Fuck. Should put them in front of a US police officer. Three of them. And give them a tasers. That's not charged, by the way. So that we don't want to. We don't want to. We don't want to hurt the police. 
Oh, wow. How you going, Chris? I'm good, man. I've upset him. But, but I don't know. I've never All good, seen, mate. Hey, boys, thanks very much for today. I think it was a great spin right at the end. <laughs> People had to... Follow us <laughs> right until the end for that thriller. Round that was a great one. They're still getting paid. Yeah. Well done. Well done. Good job, Thanks, boys. guys. Talk soon. See ya. See you. Bye.